As we get deeper into spring, concerns around flooding become more and more paramount. And joining me on the phone now to talk about what is happening within the Thompson-Nicola Regional District is the TNRD's Emergency Program Coordinator, Kevin Skrepnik. Kevin, thanks so much for doing this. Oh, my pleasure, Jeff. Thank you. Now, I just wanted to start by getting a, a bit of an update on what happened last week. You said you got a briefing from the province late last week. So I just wanted to kind of start by what that conversation was all about. Yeah, so at this time of year, the uh, the River Forecast Centre uh, through, the, through the provincial government uh, does provide us uh, a monthly kind of guidance on uh, where the snowpacks are at. Uh, and then once we get into May, that actually starts coming out every two weeks just because the, the risk kind of grows at that point. And, and I mean, I think, you know, listeners have probably been well aware that, uh, you know, it is definitely a, a high year in terms of snowpack. The province right now, uh, across the board, about 112% of what we would normally be at. And there is definitely some local concerns there, uh, you know, for the North Thompson, the South Thompson uh, rivers. Um, so from the TNRD perspective, uh, you know, we we anticipate and we experience flooding every year, but we do need to use that provincial guidance as best as possible uh, in terms of kind of informing where we need to prepare, um, where we need to start looking at, uh, you know, getting some analysis done of what the water level could look like and uh, what measures we need to have in place to respond. Okay, so uh, I guess with all that being said, you mean you kind of talked about how it is sort of a potential year where we could see, um, you know, some, some pretty rapid melts given the snowpack levels that exist right now. So uh, just what what is the TNRD doing to prepare in the event of some sort of emergency when it comes to snowpack maybe melting at a pretty rapid rate? I think right now things like look like they're looking pretty good temperature-wise. You know, we're, I think last night was a low of zero, so still mm-hmm. getting that nice, uh, you know, maybe warmer days but cooler nights, but uh, w- where are we moving forward i mean is there is there a concern or, or in the immediate for you right now i mean in the in the next week or so we don't have anything immediate but certainly you know uh, the further into the spring we get uh, the threat is going to grow and you know based on the guidance we're getting from the province um, the fact that we're seeing a fairly dry forecast right now um, is good you know, and I think that you know, probably goes without saying, you know, some steady warm weather uh, is, is ideal. If we have a delayed uh, melt, you know, further into May and then all of a sudden a rapid shift to, you know, persistent hot weather, you know, we've seen that in years like 2017, 2018. That's when we can have a whole lot of water coming down at once in terms of the, the freshette, you know, that snow melt period. So, um, you know, things are looking good. Of course, the flip side of that is that, you know, that persistent dry weather uh, has an effect on the wildfire fire situation and that that's a whole other that's a whole other issue there but um definitely in terms of areas of concern you know we have places that have flooded in previous years uh you know stump lake uh, cherry creek just outside of town here Gishon creek just outside of Merritt. so um, those are some of our usual suspects and uh, you know if we're into a scenario similar to previous years similar to 2017 2018 uh, we already have had engineers out looking at some of those areas uh, providing recommendations around what we could do uh, if we get into a similar situation Okay, and so yeah, I was going to ask sort of to to get a little bit more specific into certain areas. You mentioned Cherry Creek, um, you know, near Cash Creek. I mean, is there any sort of, you, you know, you talk about problem areas, things we, areas where we see, you know, more frequent uh, events happening. Is there anything um, on the horizon or in terms of those uh, preparedness for those specific areas? Is there any more detail you can get into of, of what the TNRD is doing to make sure that, uh, you know, it is ready in, in, in any event? 
Well, so we've we've gone out, um, and you know, in terms of flood response, it gets a little complicated between local jurisdictions, the province as well. Um, typically, the province uh, will only kind of step in once there's uh, you know an imminent emergency, uh, you know, in terms of a response. So, um, TNRD has gone, and we've done well over a dozen locations now where we have placed uh, some sand and sandbags. Um, we've paid for that out of out of pocket. We we, we haven't gone to the province for that money because there isn't an, an imminent threat at this point. Um, so folks can be proactive and, you know, I, I think sometimes uh, people, whether it's flood or fire in my experience, um, people spend a little bit too much kind of time, you know, ruminating on what some of the signs are, uh, what some of the forecasts are. Really, we want people to be ready for, for the worst, hoping for the best. So we are trying to put out sand, sandbags as much as possible for uh, folks to access and we are working to get that uh, those locations out uh, onto our website, onto the interactive map we've got on there. So if folks who do want to get a head start on it, they can. And then there are some areas where we could see flooding uh, to an extent where we need to get look at other options. So, you know, sandbags are, are one uh, technique. Um, we do have, uh, you know, some, some larger scale things we can go to. I think folks have seen, uh, you know, those Gabion baskets, those large HESCO baskets uh, full of, uh, you know, gravel and crush that, you know, place, you know, they're usually about a meter tall. Um, obviously for some larger scale and depending on the, the terrain we're working in. We've also seen tiger dams. Those are those rubber kind of uh, water-filled long dams. They almost look kind of like the bumper in a, in a bowling alley gutter. Um, we can use that as well to try to contain water. They're usually used uh, in conjunction with sandbags. So um, there are areas where those are going to be effective. And, and like I said, we've already had some assessments done on some of kind of our usual suspects. Um, and then obviously hoping we don't have to implement those plans, but wanting to make sure we've got them in place, uh, you know, if uh, if the situation dictates. Yeah, and, and I did want to follow up on that kind of work because, I mean, we're living in this world where, of course, we're going through COVID-19 and all these physical Absolutely. distancing rules are in place. And, and I've heard some commentary about, you know, how difficult it can be or, or at least make it a little bit more challenging to do some of this stuff while trying to, you know, keep your distance from other people. So I just wanted to kind yeah. of get uh, a, a handle on it from your perspective on how to go about doing that work and how much it changes while we are trying to maintain our distance from from one another oh absolutely no and, and i think you know it goes without saying covid's been a you know really made pretty much every facet of our life more challenging so i think from an emergency perspective uh it, it's a threefold issue um you know you've just got the general disruption to you know society supply chains that are just you know making things more difficult taking a little bit longer in general uh, secondly, in terms of a response, so let's say we've got a large-scale flooding situation and you've got a you know a crew of people out there working to, let's say, place some sandbags. Well, right off the bat, um, you know, typically the way that works is you've got one crew kind of building sandbags, filling sandbags, and then other people that are actually placing them. So right off the bat, from a COVID perspective, we have to think about um, how far away are people from each other, um, use of gloves, things like that, and trying to avoid the potential of transmission, you know, through those uh, items. Um, we often will, um, you know, uh, call on the wildfire service to come assist in terms of placing those sandbags. So even a, a matter of, you know, how many people do you have in a vehicle at once, things like that. Um, and then thirdly, if we get into a situation where we're having to evacuate people, now that is usually more an issue in wildfire season, but there's certainly a potential in flooding. And, you know, we've seen that previous years, usually smaller scale evacuations. Um, you know, how do you house those people? How do you support those people when there are concerns around distancing? You know, typically you would have them go to a reception center. They kind of queue up in a line to register and then uh, 
they'll either be sent to a hotel or we'll ask them to fill it with family or uh, or potentially in a large-scale situation we would do a group lodging uh, where you've got a bunch of people in one area well group lodging is off the table given COVID you know you don't want a whole bunch of people you know sleeping on uh, cots on, a, on an arena floor billeting with family in provinces is crazy about that right now either you know if these aren't people that you're seeing on a regular basis again potential for COVID transmission so um, that the third uh, you know possibility there is putting people in hotels so you know in a lot of cases there is availability there just because less people are mm-hmm. traveling on the flip side a lot of those hotels are closing too so I know the province is reaching out to those accommodations operators in terms of uh, trying to ensure we've got a decent inventory in place you know if we do need to start moving people whether it's for flood fire or uh, or anything else yeah well I'm sure the hoteliers will be more than happy to welcome people uh, into their facilities if, if that was an option I know a lot of them are struggling for any kind of business so I'm sure they would yeah, be more yeah. than happy to, to have you guys there if you needed um, I think that's pretty much all I have for you Kevin anything else that you want people to know of in terms of you know emergency preparedness here moving forward in the in the Kamloops area in the whole TNRD uh, before I let you go you know, I, I think that about wraps it up. Uh, you know, on our website, uh, you know, tnrd.ca, we've got some further information if folks do want to get started, and they can contact us as well if they're looking for additional support. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for doing this, Kevin. Really do appreciate your time, and hopefully uh, we don't have to worry about any of these issues, but at least we know we're prepared if, if they do come. So thank you. There, there we go, sir. My pleasure. That was the TNRD's Emergency Program Coordinator, Kevin Skrepnik. And, you know, as we look at the forecast here for the near future, I mean, things do look pretty positive. I mean, there is a 40% chance of showers tomorrow, but, uh, you know, for the most part, as we look ahead here at our overnight lows, 4 degrees, 6 degrees, you know, it it stays somewhat cool. So hopefully, even though we are looking ahead to the weekend here, 23 and 26 with our high, hopefully those overnight lows will, uh, you know, help help keep things from melting uh, too quickly.